How you doing? Good morning. You're listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96 FM and C103. It's Elmarie Maw at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Tallon's also here in studio singing along. Yep, home in a familiar <laughs> tune. How many, how many years have we been singing this song? We started doing The Arts Show on, I think it was the 9th of April, 2000. What? <laughs> I know. Yeah. We've Bef- got more than the key to married. the door, actually. We're doing this show longer than we're married. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Okay. Listen, What's happy times, this happy days, yeah. and a great tune. Yeah. No yeah. bit of jazz. We might fit in a little bit of jazz again Absolutely. later on in the programme. But yeah. in the meantime, between now and ten, we have some great music for you. Um, a smattering of Cork artists thrown throughout it as well. But more than Cork sleeping back, seeping back into the programme uh, as we go on. I suppose because we've hit film awards season really and the SAG Awards are on tonight and that'll be kind of the first big major landmark of the international ones. So we'll be dipping our toes back into the music of the movies and it's always great to hear your movie music suggestions. So uh, that's what you're open for today. 0833 96 96 96 is your text or WhatsApp um, for your movie soundtracks and we're going to start dotting the programme back with those from now on as well. But coming up later on in the programme, we'll be chatting about film, actually, but film made by young people in Cork. Mary McGrath, the first cut film festival, will be chatting to me about what's coming up and what you can actually go and book and see in Yall. Now, speaking about dipping your toes, if you want to dip your toes back into the theatre... Why not go along to the School of Music? Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? And catch the third-year students' presentation, which they're doing in the round, which is great fun. It says, you know, you don't have to squeeze past rows of people like that. You can just arrive in and take your seat. And all. It just, you know, it's a lovely way to kind of just ease back into the space of the theatre. So I'm talking to Tess Healy-Maguire about the production that's taking place that week. And the work of the week this week is lovely, beautiful. Yeah, there were the two words that came into my mind when I saw it. Riff refreshing. Look at the day we had yesterday, weather-wise, and the work of the week, it just, it was literally a ray of sunshine. In fact, a ray of sunshine is what we had. We're coming, when we parked the car on Wellington Road and we're walking down to studio, um, part of the view we have is, do you know the, the ad for Guinness at Christmas time, where they're throwing snowballs? It's shot on the hill here, And there's yeah, one particular yeah. shot, uh, they said, 100%. the home with the black stuff, but actually part of it was shot here in Cork on with fake Patrick's snow. Hill. Yeah. With fake, exactly, with <laughs> fake snow and Shandon in the background. Yeah. And that's our view as we're coming down to this, this studio in the morning and the blaze of sun reflected off all the windows on yeah. Cork's north side was just fabulous. A lovely day. So great to see bright spring mornings. Now you know that the arts show here every Sunday morning is kind of like a little bit of an escape and we have lo- that's a fraction of what we're going to go through over the course of the morning um, but it is sort of surreal to be having a programme like this when you know that there's news screens all around us are showing quite different footage. So we're going to have I suppose something to connect with um, our friends and colleagues in the Ukraine um, at the top and tail of the programme. And I'm yeah. going to start with this piece from Femi Gao. It's just a beautiful piano piece and she called it War Song.
it's an exquisite piece, isn't it? Haven't played that now for a good while. That's Femi Go there on piano and her piece, War Song. And now for something, as they say, completely different. But what it was all about, you can't remember, can you? Just the memory of it, that's all you have now, just the memory. And even now, even so soon, it has been distilled of all its coarseness. And what's left is going to be precious, precious gold. Hello, my love. It's getting cold on this island. I'm sad alone. Well, the voice initially there was of Brandon de Galie, who then goes on to make those real percussive sounds as he dances on the stage. He's also joined on stage there by Gina Borham. And this is a most unusual and fantastic collaboration between the two of them for a piece called Walls Talk, which is coming to the Everyman Theatre. It's the most exquisite piece. And I would urge, as I say in the course of my chat with Brandon, anyone to go online and see the amazing trailer that they created for this show. It's an interdisciplinary show created by the two of them. And to find out a little bit more about it and how it all began, I spoke to Brandon de Galli earlier on. Actually, this is one of the things we're saying. The piece is very, very timely because we really feel that it's a real post-COVID show in that it's a, a reminder of what's important and taking stock and taking time and reflecting. I suppose memory is this ephemeral thing, this intangible thing and the whole concept behind Wall's talk is so intriguing. You know, we talk about generational memory, we know how much emotion and memory we have invested in objects that are passed down through generations in our families and how we relate to the world around us through Absolutely. memory. So tell me about the concept of this, where, where it began. So basically I had this profound seminal moment where one of my other shows was premiering in um, Erkelan Guidor up in Donegal, and, uh, which I did bring to Cork eventually as well, called Ain. I brought it to the Ferkin Crane. But at that party, a friend of the dancers was there, this woman from London, and she just, we were having a sing-song at, at the opening night party, and she sang. And she, she struck me as somebody who would never sing publicly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was singing that, not to say that she was a wallflower, but she seemed kind of like uh, very quiet in the corner. And she just stunned, well, me and everybody. That, you know, And it was such a kind of a... It wasn't this big, you know, X Factor style performance. It was really introspective. It was really, there was very little to it, yet it was just, it just floored me. And it was, you know, a song from this era that I, for some reason, love. And I I guess it comes back to my parents met in New York. They brought back those heavy 78 records that were up in our attic. And so we knew these sounds and our Christmas records were the Bing Crosby's and the Day. So there was, there was that sense that era had a great nostalgia for me, yet there was no way I could understand it for what it really was other than from television. So I, but when she sang, I thought, I have to work with this woman because there's something, something that's just happened now, there's something, something incredible. Um, so we started the conversation and it just, the minute you say it's going to happen, it just tends to happen for me anyway. <clears throat> and then we started to explore what our, what our shared life experiences were. So we're both gay, but we're both very different. She's in her 60s. I'm, I hate to say it, in my early 50s. We have had um, come up through different. She's an urban, uh, grew up in London. I grew up in the country. But yet, 
you know, we felt the same about a lot of things. And, uh, we, and so it was trying to kind of piece together a piece that had a universality so that it didn't really matter if you knew my story or her story, that in some way the person who was consuming it, the audience member, would find something in it for themselves. And to make that happen, it's a, a dramatur- it's, it's a dramaturgical thing. You know, you have to make sure that there's enough there, but not too much so that you're not spoon feeding um, the audience. Yes, because it's it's a multidisciplinary piece, and I've seen the short sort of trailer video that you've released, so people can watch that. They can see it on YouTube and in quite a number of the art centres, obviously around the country and theatres where you're touring too, are also screening it because it really gives the most exquisite and moving picture of what the show encapsulates in that multidisciplinary form. Oh, that's good. that's great. That's high praise altogether, and in, in a way, that's what I want to do because although people see me as an Irish dancer, and which I am. I mean, that's my formal training. I, my, the dance that I do now is, that's where the, the I suppose the well of um, my technique and stuff is, but I, I move very much differently. It's, a, I suppose, a contemporization of the form. But to me, it's about bringing on stage all, as many of the art forms together at once, so that there's this real textual and, as you say, inter and multidisciplinary sort of thing happening. And I think it's when you have all these sort of all these, I suppose, fragments giving little messages, the, the culmination or the summation of, uh, summation of them becomes something hopefully quite special. And your body, Brandon, when you're moving, you know, it is real storytelling, encapsulating of the spoken word that also goes with a lot of it. And of course, this incredible, lush, rich music. Absolutely. Yeah, we... Um, all the, not all the songs, because there's a few curveballs in there, but in, <laughs> in principle, all the um, songs come from the sort of 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, that sort of idea of that kind of Frank Sinatra, Billy Holiday or whatever. And the idea was to um, arrange them all in a, um, in a musical genre that they don't belong to. So there's a traditional Irish, there's a tango, there's a electronic, there's um, you know voice with just double bass, voice with harp. So in a way that as it comes at you, you're thinking that's a familiar song, but mm. it's set in a very, very different way. And I think that's, that reflects our lived experience that, you know, we're not just one thing. I'm not just an Irish man. I'm not just a gay man. I'm not just an Irish dancer. That, you know, all the things that make up who we are are very, very varied. And I wanted to celebrate that. Well, we imagine sometimes, and it's nice to try and shoehorn life into this linear path, and that's far from it. And our memories aren't linear. I mean, like if you think about the memories we have of our own lives, it's it's quite often snapshots, little, you know, flashbacks, momentary things. So when you were drafting this story, and it couldn't be in a linear way, are you following a story arc of one particular story? Or are you doing that? Are you taking different memories and bringing them together through music? The latter, definitely just um, snapshots. And the snapshots, in some way, not necessarily um, having any relation to the other one, but in their totality, they seem to belong together. That was my intention. Yes. So, um, uh, and and, and indeed, there is no sort of linear uh, narrative at all. And in fact, I use things like uh, my back, my undergrad was in physics, so I'd be very intrigued by the the beauty and, let's say, the chaotic nature and the, the harmonious nature of the physical world around us. So even I would use the concept of the Big Bang or like the um, the solar system or whatever as a way of designing the floor patterns and stuff. Because even though that's not necessarily available to the audience, at the end I stand back and I look and I say like that's that's what I want. That's the image I want to create, and that people read that in their own way with their own 
personal history. I know that in the preamble and the blurb that is on the theatre website, one of the sentences is that you're exploring the notion of memory being captured in the material world around us. And I know that the beautiful, beautiful trailer, as I said, it's it's filled with, you know, lots of props and set actions. And I can see, I could totally just urge people to go and look at it because it will excite them about going to see the show. But were there any objects or particular things that are personal to you that you've included as opposed to exploring a sort of a, a memory story with Gina? Yes. Yeah. So it's it's funny, the minute the, the, minute the project starts, everything that you see starts becoming part of that conversation. So I was w- with my um, my poor partner who passed away last year, which is terrible, but I remember sitting in London, we were working on this, and he was the photographer that would always work on this, and he would be the person that I'd have these conversations with. Um, we just sat and we saw a bistro table and two chairs and a candle in a bottle, in a wine bottle, and the two of us were like, that belongs there. And then his father's old wireless, which is from the, I don't know, the 50s or 60s, that's in it. So these uh, these things. And then Gina had a lover and um, she left uh, just a scarf behind her. So that scarf is on the tailor's dummy, which appears in it. So to be honest with you, these things aren't static either. So Gina and I talk about how we love sad songs and the sad songs don't make us sad. But now... <laughs> With all with everything that's happened, sad songs are very good at making me sad now. So the actual sense of it has altered, and that's fine. And that that means it's a living, breathing yes. thing in itself. And, and 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 if it is, that means it'll. I don't know. It'll have longevity, maybe. Oh gosh, I think so because you know, right back to the start when you were talking about how your parents brought back those records from America, and you grew up with the Bing Crosby's and the Doris Days, and having a nostalgia for an America you didn't personally know. I think we can yeah. all kind of tap into that. Those sort of things are timeless in the way they communicate that nostalgia to us because they relate somehow to our, our hearts and our emotions and they carry that invisible layer. That, that's what I'm talking about, that ephemeral, intangible layer that connects us as humans emotionally and spiritually. And I think if people do go and see the trailer for the show on the website or on YouTube, that it will just carry them away and they will immediately understand what it is you're talking about. I can't wish you enough joy with this particular performance, Brandon. It's great to see you returning to the stage of the Everyman. Just two nights though, Wednesday and Thursday, 9th and 10th. So congratulations and enjoy the rest of the tour. Thanks so much and looking forward to seeing everybody in Cork. That's Brandon the Galley there. And Walls Talk is a show which marries songs from the jazz and blues golden era sung by Gina Borum with dance and text as opens in the Everyman Theatre this month.
music there from the movie Wrinkle in Time. I see some more texts and WhatsApps coming in with movie suggestions. And don't forget, it's always great to hear from you with those. 0833 96 96 96 is your text or WhatsApp. We'll be back after these. Orcs 96 FM and C103. The Arts House. With Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked, and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. <laughs> okay, then. Connor's been taking a look at what's making the front pages of the papers today. Okay. Needless to say, all the front pages of all the new newspapers, both in Ireland and the UK, are following events over in the Ukraine. The Sunday Time leads with a terror stalks the streets. Ukrainian volunteers hunt traitors and Kremlin spies as fear grips Kiev. Ireland poised to ban Russian flights and expel diplomats is the other headline on the front page of the Sunday Times. This business post leads with EU to hit Russia with tougher sanctions for its aggression against Ukraine and Irish resident Ukrainians heading east to take up arms against Russia. Uh, the only other headline on the front page of the Business Post is Fine Gael languishes on lowest support since 2005 in latest Red Sea poll. The Irish Sun on Sunday, fight to the death, is the main story there. Heroes hit back at Putin. His convoy is destroyed, but rocket blasts Kiev. And Nick Parker writes in Ukraine that Vladimir Putin's bid to crush Ukraine was being wrecked by an astonishing fight back to the death last night. That's on the front page of the Irish Sun on Sunday. The Observer just leads with the world shuns pariah Putin. Sunday Independent, Kiev's last stand. And Brendan O'Connor says, people like us, but not like us at all. Now, just to go into the other pages and see if we can maybe lighten things, which we are re-emerging ourselves from a conflict over the last few years, a world war against disease. And the great re-emergence is a very interesting article, Elmarie, that you found in the Life magazine. And it's talking about restrictions and spirits lifting. But what is the roadmap for this latest iteration of the new normal? We spoke to a dozen people across a broad spectrum of Irish life to find out how to fix our strained marriages or get back dating, lose the COVID-19 stone, reassess our careers and overcome the anxieties we may have about re- returning to society. Basically, at the end, I just dipped through the article myself and I found out there's plenty of common sense pieces of wisdom. For instance, we all assess risk at different levels in different ways according to our experiences. And one good way would be to, you know, just rate risk on a 1 to 10 basis and start doing the 1s and 2s like meeting a friend for a cup of coffee or something like that. Interesting enough, they actually say dating is a 10. (laughs) (laughs) But um, at the end of it, they conclude with a quotation from um, Anne Roseanne Kenny, Professor of Medical Gerontology in Gerontology in Trinity College Dublin and author of Age Proof, The New Science of Living a Longer and Healthier Life. If we all try to reach out and reinstate our friendships, even increasing the frequency of meeting people, then it would have a beneficial effect for everybody. And she says, I would say a significant portion of people that that will be a challenge, but just know that it is a challenge for everybody and everybody will be feeling the same thing. So, words of comfort there from uh, the Life magazine in the Independent there, which I think should help everybody re-emerge. Like I a think, butterfly. Yeah. yeah, and one of the things that helps us re-emerge gently is mm. music and Absolutely. going to hear some great music. And here's a gig that's happening in Cork this week. It's Linda Cullen and Finton Lucy who are coming to Collins on Thursday night for a gig that starts at half past seven. Now, Linda and Finton have collaborated 
operated for over 10 years and it's said of them that they found that mysterious magic that sits somewhere between the down-to-earth delivery of well-crafted songs and celestial harmony. So they're going to have a mix of original songs from Phil Finton's album, The Years, Was and Maybes, and a forthcoming album he has coming out now. And Linda is going to play uh, songs from two of her albums, her most recent one, Smoke Without Fire, and this title track from her album, Paper Boat. But I'm really delighted to see Linda playing back in Cork. She's home from Germany and uh, wish him all the very best of luck with this gig. So it's Thursday night in Collins. It'll be a really great night. Great excuse to make your first steps out.
That's pretty good. So, what's that again, Emily? That is the sound of Linda Cullen there. It's the title track called Paper Boat from the album of the same name. And Linda plays in Collins this coming Thursday night at half past seven. On a grey, wet and windy Saturday morning, I looked up this week's Work of the Week at the crawfordartgallery.ie and a ray of sunshine shone into the room. I then picked up the phone and decided to call assistant curator Michael Waldron from the Crawford to find out whose hand was behind this week's Work of the Week. Mike, when I just looked at this, two words came out of me. It was, oh, lovely, beautiful. Isabel Nolan's work of the week, electrons don't have scars. I needed this because I'm looking out the window and it's a grey, miserable day and I'm looking at this. It has quite the opposite effect and I find out deliberately so as well because that was her intention. It's full of colour and I think instantly we might feel joy (laughs) (laughs) and that's a really, I think, natural response. The sun really does have the most amazing effect on us right okay when it's a sunny day yeah it feels like we're uplifted this feels uplifting actually this painting that's what we're looking at she's painted the sun but she's painted it in a very unique way um very expressive way very much so so the artist uses water-based oil paints this is a canvas that isn't very large. It's only 60 centimetres tall, so two wow. feet, let's say. Yeah. On the canvas, what we have is yeah. the top half is like an orb. So if we think even back to our Patrick Scott paintings <laughs> from yeah. several weeks ago, yeah. there's this orb, and within that orb, there is a smaller yellow circle. Out from that, you have these wonderful tones of purple and orange and blue encircling it, but kind of dripping and Mm. looks almost like a mirage or a shimmer. And then reaching up to this orb are various hands. So the hands seem to be framing it or reaching or, dare we say, worshipping. You know, with our hands, we do so much. We express. It's all gesture, we control, we manipulate. It's the whole relationship between a human hand, human action, and the sun. Isabel Nolan's work, you tell us this week, she explores how we kind of give meaning to an otherwise chaotic world, isn't it? She says that, I suppose, the sun holds the inescapable power over us. You know, it can have deep meaning in terms of metaphor, connects with all aspects of our lives. And she says the humans have been making the sun, light and darkness, meaningful for tens of thousands of years. With our hands and minds, we transform the world into human-shaped narratives, interpreting, changing, and making the universe into an image we can discuss and understand to an amazing degree, but often according to our desires, our needs. It's, you, couldn't, you couldn't put it better. And, and so I suppose this painting is a reflection of that. Yeah. It's our relationship with the sun, but it's also making sense of our world through our eyes, through our experiences, and through our own brain's capacity. Other species might understand it very differently. 
Well, all you have to do is see a few basking whales and you understand maybe we've got something in common. They just are even a dog sitting out in the sun or a cat on a windowsill. Or even somebody I was talking to the other day, he was just saying, look, the sun is shining at least. And everybody that I met recently, they hated January because it was just so grey and grim for so long this year. This painting of the sun, I suppose, it's her response to, to lockdown in a way, isn't it? It is. It was actually commissioned by RTE as part of their illumination series in 2020. And if you remember that series, it was a project that saw artists explore the complex shades of lockdown. Isabel Nolan was, I suppose, responding to, you know, that first lockdown, if we remember back, the weather was gorgeous. Yes. And she said that, you know, it made things somewhat easier, that we had this kind of pause in life, but also that the weather played ball with us. (laughs) Um, And that, you know, it was a beautiful spring. It was sunny and in the midst of this terrible time, there was at least some pleasure to be derived from the sun and from being aware of birds singing again and trees sprouting and all sorts of flowers and so on. So that was her impulse when commissioned to do this. It was kind of responding to that idea of the power of the sun. And she adds that um, it feels like an odd thing to do, to paint something you should never look at directly. So, you know, she can play with that then. Uh, We shouldn't be looking directly at the sun. No, (laughs) it's amazing. Emery just had a conversation with somebody who was yearning for the first lockdown when the whole world literally just slowed down and the sun shone. For us, I remember we grew potatoes, (laughs) we built a greenhouse, the garden never looked so full of flowers some sort of a Garden of Eden time, the first lockdown, we've nearly forgotten that we need to do things like that. We need to slow down again like we did then and this time just for ourselves. But that's one thing you can do. Just go to the gallery and bask in this week's work of the week in its reflection and reflect on a time when we just were ourselves and allowed the sun to just shine on us because that's what comes natural, isn't it? It is. It's part of our our journey. And if I might make that connection, painting is part of a new exhibition called Odysseys. Yes. Which not only looks at James Joyce's relationship with Cork and his novel Ulysses, which is a day's journey across Dublin, but it looks at other sorts of journey making as well. This crystallizes everything because journeys aren't always physical ones across landscapes. Sometimes it's the kind of the interior journey and how we feel with ourselves and bask in the sunshine. Okay. That's my two cents anyway. (laughs) All right. And also, speaking of journeys, are there tours going on in the gallery again this week? There are indeed. So we have brought back our free Sunday and bank holiday tours. So all you need to do is pop into the gallery on a Sunday, 2pm, we meet in the sculpture galleries just inside the main entrance to the gallery. You'll be greeted by your guide and taken on a tour of one or more of our exhibitions. So entry is free, you just rock up. Okay, <laughs> that's brilliant. Is that what, the first rock from the sun? I don't know. <laughs> Mike, as always, is great going on a little journey with you every week to somewhere, to the world of art that you help us explore both in the mind and in person if you go to the gallery or online just by going to crawfordartgallery.ie. 
Mike, thanks a million. Thanks a million, Connor. Arts 96 FM and C103. The Arts House. That is, of course, Brian Kennedy, and he is coming to the Sea Church in Ballycotton, actually, for a gorgeous gig on the 1st of April. He'll be supported by Cork duo Kudos, and uh, that particular gig, you can see, in fact, all of the listings of the gigs coming to Sea Church by visiting their website, seachurch.ie. Really, really great stuff in the lineup, actually, on the way. And well, le tacht mi morte, tagen schacht in rege freshen, agus chanee chelura, smeenigi er geil goiri i gorkig le lara mani, Irish language comedy nights, and small bean fonach, am daunach shakhuing er a schacht a chlog, an nachter tijikar, ag lahur tresha hocht, fikigi er class act, mar, kasig eilin chinele, agus on only 
Dine, Le Dalti Rail Skyle e Rear Dine in Ballin Hollig. Turfer Dutlan more than the Pashti, Agus the Wheel or Hushten Malte Slachtra, Ballin Hollig, Tob Hor Avonu, Shin pop-up choir a rinnin at Pashti leis an Tidy Towns Committee agus lagan gweilged an faparan someone you loved le Lewis Capaldi um, a chanag biosa studio so beg si sin an simuil ar fad ag uh, lahur tarish a hocht anocht ar TG Cahar now in is them do you remember your own time in the Gaeltox did you I don't know, go to Dingle or Ring or somewhere. Well, it looks like lots of the Gaeltook courses will be up and running once again this summer, bringing with them many rites of passage. So are your memories full of singing and jam sandwiches and kissing at the Cayley? Well, Harold's and Cork Arts Theatre, a tusnu erin loon and ochtulod of Martha, Cush Lee Productions also present Gael Gori, Lehantana o Flaherta, Drama Da Hangach, Fui Vert Chalin, Atoy Frastel er Corsi Saurug Sagaeltacht. It's a Bilingual play about two girls attending Irish college in the Gaeltacht. Gniv a wine of exa drama shot. It's a one act play. Agus ta falter of man skalana tacht chuig na leirhe ir nona. Mullen siad nias sinna na cuig vliendig dish hanga sa drama. So, um, yeah, they welcome secondary schools to attend the matinee performances, but maybe over 15s because the play contains a tad strong language. Sholagi reafost chuig kosh li productions at gmail.com if you have any questions. Agsahila olish er unsiv. Italy's on Cork Arts Theatre on Shin. So, Chonfila, the Cholosti Sauriga Hailura, Shulivan Tauron, Nias Dainley, O Cholosta Lorgan, a Squeelish Theatre in Tachten, Ton Tauron Shah, because the Fokoglair Air Foil, Air YouTube.
I'm telling you, the Gaeltacht has changed a lot since I went there. The end of the 80s or whatever. I mean, you're listening to that and Wayne is here mouthing through the studio as he thought it was a backing track. And you look at the videos from Kalosh Lurken and you see actually all of these talented kids from all over Ireland playing the drums, the electric. That wasn't a backing track solo. That was an actual, you know, live guitarist teenager from somewhere in the country on stage singing. And can you imagine how many heartbreakers were around at that? The packed choirs, the whole lot of them, with that incredible harmony. Just phenomenal. Love it. Absolutely love it. Back after the news. Cork's 96FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes, the great taste of home. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Two horuguitas and love and yearning Spend every evening To 
Just let the walls come down Don't look behind you Fly till you find your way to tomorrow I am mariposas Don't you hold on too tight Both of you know it's your time to go So fly apart to reunite Wondrous around you Just let the walls come down Don't look behind you Fly till you find your way to tomorrow Don't you hold on too tight Both of you know it's your time to go So fly apart to reunite One day surround you Just let the walls come down Don't look behind you Fly till you find your way toward tomorrow Oh, we don't talk about Bruno, I know, but we will be talking about lots of movies uh, in the coming weeks because the Oscars and the BAFTAs and everything are all still to come. But kicking off tonight with the Screen Actors Guild Awards, we'll be touching base on that. In fact, we're kind of heading into a little bit of a film season right Mm -hmm. now on the programme. That was, of course, Dos Orguritas taken from the soundtrack to Encanto. <laughs> that is up, I think, for best original song in the Oscars. But, Connor, in the meantime, there's a little bit of Oscar magic sprinkling in the Triscoll. Yes, it's uh, Oscar news all the way in the Triscoll. The multi-Oscar nominee, Nightmare Alley, is on today. It's the last day to see it. It stars Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett. It's been shortlisted for best picture, best cinematography, best costume, and best production design and then coming in on Wednesday you have The Power of the Dog it was a great interview given there on um, Graham Norton there the other night I saw Benedict Cumberbatch was one of the guests it's directed by Jane Campion and stars Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst and it tells the story of a charismatic rancher who inspires fear and awe in all of those around him but when his brother brings home a new wife and her son he torments them until he finds himself exposed the possibility of love. So, another slew of nominations here for Best Picture, Screenplay, Actor, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, Cinematography, Editing and Original Music. In fact, there's only one change to the film schedule this week in the Triscoll Cinema uh, instead of the usual two as Parallel Mothers, which is Pedro Almodovar's film starring Penelope Cruz, is such a success that it's staying for another week. And it's also fe- Leading the Oscars buzz with another nomination for Penelope as Best Actress and for the original music score by Alberto Iglesias. And here's a taste with a piece called Fotos a la Nina.
So evocative there. Music there from the soundtrack to Parallel Mothers. Now, staying with film, but rather actually film produced by young filmmakers in Ireland, we're moving on to chat about First Cut Youth Film Festival, which runs from the 9th to the 12th of March. It provides young filmmakers between the ages of 12 and 24 with a platform for screening their short films. And it's totally committed to fostering the creative development of young filmmakers from every background and has such a huge, broad range range of programming from animation and screenings for primary school students right up to events aimed at emerging filmmakers who are entering the film industry in their early 20s. Last year it was completely online. This year they're back in person, which is a source of great joy as I was chatting about with Mary McGrath, the festival's director. Yes, um, Emery, like it is very exciting to be back. It is great to be back in person. And yes, we did have a fully online festival last year. That was an enormous success, I have to say, but successful in different ways. We had an, an, a big audience jump up to almost five, I think it was 5,600 people joined us online, wow. which is phenomenal, really. And they came from all over Ireland, you know, and even all over the world, people joined in. So there's a huge appetite for this whole thing of young people's creativity in films, through films. I think this year, though, uh, the feedback we're getting is young people have had enough of online, actually, and just really want to meet up in person. And First Cut is based on that. Its whole flagship is around young people gathering in y'all together to see their films on the big screen in those two magnificent venues. They're made to feel welcome, safe, it's fun, and we want to hear from them. And it's all about them sharing not only their films, but their experience, their process, why they do it, uh, how they do it, who they do it with, uh, what they're trying to say, what their stories are. And that is what makes that festival really special. I've been doing this for, we're on our 13th festival this year. And, you know, it never, not in any year has it, has it lost that shine that young people bring to it, a fresh new, exciting kind of presentation one after another each of those days. And the final thing is proof of the pudding. We're, uh, the first three days are pre-booked and they're booked out. We've never had so many people attending. On Friday alone, there are, I think, 370 young people travelling to you from all over the county. That's just a county programme. So, yeah, it's fantastic. 
It is fantastic. It's fantastic. It's exciting. It's thrilling. It's encouraging. It's all of those things. And uh, I can hear by the fact that there's so many sellout things already that if anybody is interested in filmmaking as a young person or you have someone in your family who's interested in it or you're a teacher in a school who wants to get filmmaking underway or you are doing it but you've never entered anything into a film festival, then they should check out the website for First Cut Youth Film Festival and see if you can get tickets and come along and kind of dip your toe in the water of the whole atmosphere and the engagement with the process and then and then see because across all the genres of films you have all sorts of things from their first films to short films to animation and every other genre but I, I, I know you, you were mentioning the two fantastic venues that are there the Mal Art Centre and of course the mm. Regal Cinema non-stop and again this year lots of fresh innovation Irish language filmmaking I think is new for you as yes, a category this is, year yeah. it's something we we've always wanted to do we know that there's you know there's such opportunities out there uh, for films of Gwelga and Colleen McCune just mm, yes. nailed yeah. it really yeah. and there's a shortage in the industry for uh, filmmakers with you know skilled interested trained young people coming up who have, you know, a fluency in the Irish language that they can apply to filmmaking. And we know that for a fact. There is a gap there. So the more we can do to encourage that. But I guess, Elmarie, the big thing I would really say to people is that uh, Saturday, the 12th of March, is an open day in y'all. It's a welcome to everybody in in two venues, Mallarts and the Regal. And... That's the place to come along. There are events from 10 o'clock in the morning until uh, the close at about 8 o'clock that night. And there's a whole variety of screenings. Yes, absolutely. Come and see some amazing films. And on that day, they're made by the Spotlight Programme that is highlighting those people who are really on the cusp of we see real talent in Mm -hmm. them making a career in film. And it's such a pleasure to screen their films, to be part of the encouragement to them to say, you've got something special, keep following your passion, go for this in terms of career, because they've got something to say, and the way they say it is is just amazing. Just those films are incredibly moving, incredibly beautiful. Like young people from Wexford, from Kerry, from Cork, they're from all over the place, and they've got such talent, and this is about coming along and seeing that talent. And it's also about professional people being there to, yes. to share their experience. Yeah, Because I see you have a collaboration, of course, as well with the Cork International Film Festival, who have also curated a programme of shorts. And seeing that sort of collaboration in their festival is hugely inspirational for young filmmakers. And I, I remember getting a giggle a few months ago when I saw that one of the um, new categories you were also introducing this year was a TikTok competition. And, you know, we were talking about yeah. what kind of kicked off in lockdown. Yeah. You know, TikTok would have been something for the young ones yeah. at one point and now share everyone and his granny is on TikTok. But at the same time, yeah. what a fantastic and mind-blowing wealth of creativity and talent from acting to directing to cutting and editing that you can actually see on even a, right. a two-minute scroll. So I'm sure that gave all of you lots to think about when they were getting your submissions in for this year's festival. There are so many different aspects. I mean, I know one of the other things that's a huge section for young filmmakers and for people starting off in short films, moving before they move on to features, is music videos. I mean, they are fiendishly difficult 
difficult to do, that the skill level that's required there is quite often really underestimated. And so that's another one of the categories that you have. I mean, so many varieties. I know you have workshops, you have inspirational speakers and directors and filmmakers coming to talk to everybody. So, Mary, really, I suppose the, the main message to get out to people is when does it start and how can people find out more about it if they'd like to check it out this year? Absolutely. Um, I would say that the website is a great source of information. First called festival, filmfestival.com. And if you go to the program element, the programmatic length, and work right down the line to Saturday. And I would say start booking in for those incredible all day long. Come for the day. It's just an amazing day out, really. And it's all free. And I guess I would be remiss uh, to not say on this show with you that none of this could be done. You were talking about TikTok. That program is funded entirely by Cork Credit Unions. Um, and it's fantastic to see them supporting creativity in young people. They, they do huge, you know, it's a community organisation and they're great. They're out there supporting sports groups and so on. But this is so great for young people to see that creativity is important also. And on top of that, we, of course, the Arts Council are now our main funder. We got a very special project award from them for the music video project, the one you just mentioned this year. So we have some great new names involved alongside Brendan County, Bob Gallagher, and we're able to give people a bursary, give young people who are at that, you know, on the on the verge of a career coming out of college where they most need support. A lot of young people fall by the wayside then in terms of bread and butter. You have to earn your bread and butter to make a film, to go make more films. And music video is a fantastic way of doing it. And we are really proud to be able to give them some solid financial support now in doing that. So all of this is up on the website. Cork County Council and Yall, I have to say, Yall Town is an integral part of what we do. We miss them so much during COVID, more so than anything else. And we are thrilled to be back in Yall. It's a great place. It's a great town for a day out. And it's a great town to be running a film festival for young people in. So huge thanks to them for all their support. Mary McGrath, Director of First Cut Film Festival. It's a pleasure talking to you every year. And I'm sure every year is a revelation and a development and one that builds on the year before and on previous years as well. So congratulations to you and the team. It's not easy, but it's just thrilling that you're back in person. And as you said, why not? A trip to y'all will be the most divine, divine, yeah. divine day out. Mary, thank you so much. You too. I'm really lovely talking to you. Thank you. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. And you're very welcome back to the programme. It's Elmery Ma and Connor Tallon with you until 10. Lovely to see your texts and WhatsApps actually coming in as well. The number as always is 0833 96 96 96. Michael and Barry Rowe is looking for the theme tune from Tootsie for next week. I love that, <laughs> Michael. What a great suggestion. Definitely going to have it in there. Good morning to David McGrath. He says there's a programme worth watching tonight on BBC 4 at half past nine. 
nine. Jonas Kaufman, tenor for the ages. That sounds really interesting, David, and I haven't actually scanned through the listings for BBC Four in a while, so I will do that. Hello to Joe in Toker, huge, huge lover of the music of Mozart. And I don't have Mozart on the programme this morning, Joe, but it is a promise to you that I will include that on the programme next Sunday. So thanks for that. Michael in Barry Row says it is looking dull in Barry Row, but hopefully the sun might brighten up and hopefully it will for you as well. Uh, good morning to Claire. McLaughlin, who was, of course, on the programme with us last week. She said there was a great uh, viewing in for Scene Unseen in the Void Gallery in Derry. So looking forward to hearing from you, Claire, about what you've planned for next month. And hello to David McGrath as well, who tells us that the Gramophone Circle next Thursday morning in Holly Hill Library is at 11 o'clock and it's going to be presented by John O'Leary and all are welcome. So good morning to all of you for that. I know uh, Raquel Hagerty has sent in a gorgeous suggestion of some music from Ennio Morricone, which I have lined up to include in the programme as well this morning. And Mags, I was asking you, what sort of uh, movies would you like me to play some music from this morning? Mags said, how about something from Les Miserables? So this is the adorable and heartbreaking Castle on a Cloud. just such a beautiful, beautiful piece, isn't it? Love that one. Now then, um, if you have more suggestions of movie soundtracks you'd like us to include, all you have to do is text to WhatsApp to 0833 96 96 96. Now, if you're a poet or a writer, remember tomorrow is the closing date to submit poems to the Munster Liter- Literature Centre for the spring issue of Southward. And if you're submitting fiction, you still have one more month to dot your I's and cross your T's. So full details of the submissions and terms are on the Munster Literature Centre website, which is simply munsterlit.ie. Now we're going over to Cypress Avenue because they've got, coming up on Friday night, a Bee Gees tribute, Nights on Broadway, kicks off at 7pm. And you can actually see a montage of clips from the band themselves on the Cypress Avenue website, cypressavenue.ie. They're known as the Irish Bee Gees and tickets are available from Eventbrite and by visiting the webpage, cypressavenue.ie. Now, that page also has a whole lot of gigs, a list of gigs and bands right up to December. So here's a gig we are looking forward to. It's on the 25th of September, a Sunday night, and it is The Brother Brothers. 
Could it be, could it be I'll never stand up taller Could it be, could it be That nothing's gonna change When the muscles round my brain Start to make me feel insane I think it's time to get on the road again Could it be, could it be That I am getting older Could it be, could it be That everything is changing I look over my body And the lines upon my face And I think it's time to get on Shouldn't think of sorrow when I'm standing in the rain. I think it's time to get on the road again. Oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, believe me, I'm no liar. Oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, there's no one else to blame. Like a deck of cards at a local bar, I've lost a couple faces, and I think it's time to get on the road again. The sun over my head And the moon ain't been nothing but a long, lonesome friend When I think of all the miles behind the sky that's up ahead I think it's time to get on If you are interested in heading out to a gig, I have to say the Cypress Avenue website is fantastic because they have little clips of absolutely everybody who's in the lineup for the next number of months. You can see a little clip, have a little dip in and see, is there any new music you'd like to go exploring and book tickets for the gigs? I mean, I've the tickets booked for the Brother Brothers already for September. Now, the last time I booked tickets, that far that ahead, far ahead <laughs> I'm telling you, it was Christmas of 2019. Half of my presents to Connor were like tickets for gigs going all the way up. <laughs> Oliver every, Cannon, wasn't it? Every single one of we them was cancelled or postponed. Yeah, we still haven't <laughs> gone to see Oliver Cannon. So I'm going to fix all of that, right? So this is breaking the jinx on okay. that one. Okay, let's move on to theatre, Connor. Now, Elmer, yesterday when you told me I was going to be talking to Tess Healy Maguire, I said, brilliant, like meeting a good old friend. I've oh, known fantastic. her for years as a teacher in Declan Wolf School, um, as 
person who would always turn up at a, a decent gig or a do or anything like that. Great chat. And know. a wonderful actress. Absolutely. And when you said that she was involved in a production of The Tempest that the third year students were putting together in the BA course in Drama and Theatre Studies in the School of Music, I said, great. Um, she's obviously one of the teachers. And you said, no. <laughs> she's one of the students, one of the third year students. So I put it to test. I said, uh, what did the other students make of this having, you know, are you... Um, g- Poacher turned gamekeeper? <laughs> <laughs> well, for the most part, they have been absolutely wonderful. It is the most amazing group. And I keep running into some of my former students here, <laughs> one of whom is in the production with me. Yeah. And she has gotten over the initial shock <laughs> and the fact that I act and speak like a regular human being as much as that can ever be applied to me. So, so I just decided to throw myself in and not at the beginning, but as a third year student. Yeah, so we are, we are doing The Tempest. Just yeah. so nobody is frightened off from Shakespeare. To my mind, I've seen productions of it done open air in the park in Dublin, St. Stephen's Green, and I found it remarkably accessible, particularly when you're just watching people who would normally just be going for a walk in the green, stopping, sitting down, (coughs) all generations sitting back and actually enjoying the production. The Tempest is one of Shakespeare's most accessible plays. I have to agree with you there. And... A lot of people outside of the school have said to me, oh, Shakespeare, oh, God. And I said, look, I'm one of those people who lined up for hours to see it in Central Park in the open air, and it was mind-blowing. But Shakespeare wrote for what were called the groundlings. He wrote for the people who thought nothing of coming to the show having celebrated the night off and bringing rotten vegetables so that (laughs) if they didn't like what was going on, they had no compunction about throwing things. He wrote it for the people. And when people say, oh, but the language is so different. And I said, well, not to stir up any trouble, but sometimes if you're looking at the difference between Cork and Dublin, people point at each other and say, I've no idea what he's saying. So it's no different than that. And the actions that go along make it very clear. I have been in productions of Shakespeare where there were people in the audience who didn't speak English. And the whole production is in English. And afterwards, they were like, no, no, we knew exactly what the story was and who the baddies were and who the goodies were. So... Give yourself a chance. Don't write yourself off as not being able to understand Shakespeare because he definitely understands you. Now, the story, it all starts with a guy called Prospero and we've had Mm -hmm. three in a row. So this is the fourth storm. So we call it Storm Tempest. Why, Why did Prospero decide to conjure up a storm? Well, Prospero has been stuck on this little island. Mm -hmm with his daughter, who was only three years old, and now she is in her teens. And it's just the two of them and a person that they have made into their servant, who's not at all happy about it. (laughs) When Prospero realizes that all of his enemies are nearby on the sea, and that he could get revenge upon them Uh for basically putting him and his daughter in a leaky boat and hoping that they drown 
so despite them, they've survived. And now he conjures up this magnificent storm and brings them all to his island where he can decide exactly what kind of revenge that he's going to have. (laughs) And, of course, his daughter is going to look at it differently. Oh, there's other people. And is that a man? (laughs) So you have that thing thrown in there of, here's a teenage girl, never seen another man but the servant and her father, going, oh my God, that's a man. There's plenty of games going on. Because there is comedy in this. Yes, And people tend to forget that Shakespeare was quite funny. Well, you know, what goddesses and fairies and magic, because there is a lot of magic in here. And I'm not just talking about Prospero. A lot of magic in our lighting, our sound. We have original music that oh. has been created and will be performed by Vika Shippers. Now, she's a master's student here at the School of Music, and she's been helped by a third-year student in, in our class who plays Miranda, Ellie Doris Fogarty. And it's amazing how many actors are also musicians and singers and some of them are triple threats and to see them move i just have to look and go in my best days i could never do that without an ambulance on standby (laughs) they are just amazing and the music will stick with you and to have that gift of all of this enhancement all of these other things that while we have instruments now, whatever it is you want to see, we've got it in there. The strangest thing happened, Tess, when you were talking to me about the music. As I was sitting here, an ice cream van just passed the house. <laughs> <laughs> so some people might have caught the sound of an ice cream van churning uh, away in the background. So there's a little bit of magic going on here. But if people yeah. want some real magic, it all starts on Tuesday night in the Stack Theatre. Isn't that right, Tess? That is at 7 p.m. Okay. Now, it will have an interval in it. Yeah. And it's performed in the round which is more of a challenge for the performers, but it will be in many ways more comfortable for the audience because they won't be tripping over each other. They'll be able to stretch out. And there is one other thing. We have actually had to add on a matinee Ah. on Saturday, the 5th at 2.30. So we are hoping that this will help those that might want to see it, those that might want to get out of their houses after all of this insanity to get in and come back to life with us. We'll pass the word, extend the welcome. You can't get anything better than what you have on offer. Third-year students all conspiring together to do William Shakespeare's The Tempest in the Stack Theatre starting on Tuesday. And don't forget, there is a matinee on Saturday at half past two. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. It's lovely to be back. Hopefully many times more. And that is going to be an absolutely fantastic production in the Stack Theatre of the Cork School of Music this week. And over in the Curtis Auditorium of the Cork School of Music this week on Thursday, you have the Prism Trio, Gabriella Mayer on piano, Maria Ryan on violin and Aoife Niathleach on cello. They're a chamber group founded uh, about four years ago by professional musicians committed to bringing live and innovative programmes to audiences in a new format. So they're going to have music from Debussy, Tarina and Shostakovich and many, many more. So that's Thursday at half past seven in the Curtis Auditorium. 
just off the same hallway. And don't forget... Today is the final day of the Artus Chamber Music Festival. They're finishing with an afternoon concert at St. Peter's Church North Main Street today at 3 o'clock. You've got Shun Milne, Cindy Muhammad, Alexander Kovalev and Fia Krigarvi on piano. And then you also have the... Um, Nikola Rimsky-Korskov String Sextet in A Major, which we played um, as well later on in that concert. And don't forget, actually, you can buy an online ticket for all four concerts of the festival, if you've missed it, for €20. Euro. And these screenings will be available from Thursday the 3rd of March. Uh, also staying with classical music and staying in Triscoll this time, March the 5th sees the next concert presented by Music Network Ireland. This is a really exciting trio featuring twice Grammy-nominated saxophonist Amy Dixon with violinist Sonoko Merriam-Weld and pianist Simon Mulligan. So that's going to be one which incorporates all sorts of music. In fact, folk and popular music from all around the world uh, with music from Gershwin and Ravel and Philip Glass, in fact, and... Ronan Gilfoyle and so much more. So all that to come. Great, great week ahead, actually, of classical music. Now, can I just throw one in before we uh, motor on? Just let you know, there, if you're mad for a little bit of different humour, quirky humour, then another legend who's coming back to Cork is David O'Doherty this week. Now, he's been a big hit on Live <laughs> of the Apollo. Yeah, <laughs> he's fantastic. I love his music and his all his songs. Off the wall. Totally off um, the wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, he was like, he's a huge hit on Live of the Apollo and things like 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. <laughs> Where he can also be relied on to play some seriously retro musical gags and songs on the synthesizers. Just go to everymancork.com and you'll get the details of which day this week. I'm not going to give it away. You'll have to do some of the work yourself because once you're there, you have to buy the tickets. Honest to goodness, we saw him live once and he walked out on stage as if it was kind of like by accident. And uh, he sat down in a chair with this little keyboard across his knees Um I'm sure he probably has it since the 1980s and he plays it like, I don't know, with one finger and stuff like that. Yeah. He had, I think it was the marquee we saw him in, it was wasn't in it? the marquee, yeah. He had yep. the entire marquee in Wrapped. tears. <laughs> in tears. So, yeah, good for him. Now, when we come back after the break, we've got beautiful music from Ennio Morricone, Morricone <laughs> coming up next. And you're welcome back to the show. Now, earlier on today, I was telling you that, of course, we will be gradually reintroducing more movies and musicals music. And I asked you to start resubmitting your suggestions for the programme. And Raquel Hagerty asked for this exquisite piece from Ennio Morricone. It's the theme from Malena.
Just simply exquisite. The music there from Ennio Morricone, taken from the soundtrack to the movie Malena. And I've got so many beautiful suggestions for next week's programme, as well as the Margaret and Douglas is looking for the music from out of Africa as well. But you know, on all morning here in studio, this TV screens around us have just been filled with footage from Ukraine. And of course, I was expecting the statement yesterday from Cork Opera House that they were cancelling the performance of the Royal Moscow Ballet today. And I know how difficult that decision was for the Cork Opera House because they know that so many of the dancers are from other countries too and the Cork Opera House puts such care into how they mind their artists and we also know musicians in Cork for example like Lesia Glody who audiences will have seen countless times on stage. She's the leader of the Cork Concert Orchestra and she plays at all the Lord Mayor's concerts and all the big concerts with guest conductors in City Hall and so on and it was a really worrying time for her watching the scenes unfold in her hometown of Kiev and thankfully I think her family have moved to a safer location and I know her colleagues in the Cork School of Music are rallying around her with support but the whole situation is precarious and heartbreaking and I guess it probably will consume our news schedules for some time to come. We just pray for everyone's safety. That's all we can do. These mist-covered mountains are all When my home is the loneliness And always will be Someday you'll return to Your valleys and your farms And you'll no longer burn to be brothers Through these fields of destruction Baptisms of fire I've witnessed your suffering As the battle reached high And So many 
You've been listening to The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Elmer Mo and Connor Tallon here yeah. every Sunday morning between 8 and 10. You can listen back to the podcast, of course, by checking out the website at any stage during the week. And email us with any of your info of events and things that are happening in your area. Do they think we could share with the people of Cork City and County? You can email by clicking on the email page through the website as well at any stage. Until next Sunday, mind yourself. Bye. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.